Life Spring number 156 Really Finding Lost Children. Hey, how's it going? How's your Christmas going? Got your shopping done? Well, if you do, you're a better person than I am. Oh, I haven't even begun to do my shopping. Most of it, the lovely lady Leanne does, but of course, I've got to do the shopping for her. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do yet. I've got a couple of gifts that I'm going to pick up personally. But uh, specifically for her, mm, I don't know. She's usually pretty easy to figure something out for. Something sparkly, a dress, something that makes her feel pretty and feminine. She likes that kind of stuff. So that's not hard. I'm the kind of guy, though, that I have a really hard time visualizing what, let's say, a dress is going to look like on. Sometimes she'll take me into a store and she'll say, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, you know, I I don't know. Put it on. That's the only way I can tell if I'm going to like it on her or not. Recently, she said, what do you, you know, she held up a dress and it was, uh, you know, it sounds kind of ugly. It's blue. And it has polka dots. And I thought, ooh, yuck. But when she put it on, wow. So, you know, I, I never know. So it's difficult for me to buy dresses. I know her size, but making, you know, the right decision for what's going to look good on her, I can't do that until I see it on her. And you don't want to just get a gift certificate. Oh, how, 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 uh unpersonal is that even though i know her favorite store and she'd be really happy to get a gift certificate from this particular store especially if there was a lot of money on it (laughs) but uh uh i don't know it's it's better to have a big box to open with something in it so i haven't decided yet she listens to this and so she'll know that i don't know yet but of course i could you know i could give you some uh, disinformation too I could say that I went out and bought a blender. (laughs) Of course, she'd never believe that. Our very first year we were married. Oh, this was terrible. Um, Christmas was coming up, and uh, she had a little Sentra at the time, a little Nissan Sentra, and the air conditioner had gone out on it. And we were discussing (laughs) Christmas gifts, and I said, well, I could just get that air conditioning unit for you for Christmas since you need it anyway. Oh, baby, I learned right quick that you don't get something that's needed for Christmas. Mm-mm. No. Appliances, tools, stuff like that. A blender? Nah. Vacuum cleaner? No. <laughs> so anyway, a little uh, insight into the, the web family dynamic there. Well, welcome. It's so good for you to be here today. I'm glad you're here. It's a privilege to have you with me. Thank you for being a part of the Lifespring family. If you're new to the show, Welcome. I hope you'll stick around for at least a few episodes to really get a good idea of what we're all about here. Um, it takes that long to find out, you know? <laughs> if you've been around for a while, let me say that, well, you already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because one should never take for granted those that are important to them. I appreciate you, and uh, I'm glad you're there. I consider you a friend. I truly do. Now, if you'd like to contact me, and I really love getting your emails and phone calls, so please take some time to write a call. Anyway, my email is steve.lifespring at gmail.com. And the toll-free comment line is 
877-433-9091. Our visit today is going to be just a little bit different. Listen, I know that we're all very busy this time of year, and listening time just might be a little, little bit limited for you. I know it is for me. So I won't have a lot of extras on the show today. I've got a conversation I think you'll enjoy that I'm going to share with you and something that I want to talk about for a friend at the end of the show. So with no more preamble, let's get going. Running through an open field Everything's a new adventure Your mother calls you, hear your name And you know it's time to go
Good catch, we just didn't have to end. But the time goes quick, and it's 1982. Soon you're a teenager. I just wanna grow. You can't see me now, 'cause I'm closing. I'm closing your eyes. Like a wave, it comes back. Met a new friend on MySpace that I want you to meet. Now this guy is different than just your typical MySpace friend. When I saw his MySpace page, I said, "This is a man that I have to talk to." Well, the man's name is Mark Miller, and his story is perfect for the Christmas time of year, and with our going deeper theme as well, kind of ties in. I spoke with Mark last week for a little over half an hour, and I found him to be genuinely passionate. About what God has called him to do, for the past 20 years he's been helping to find lost and abducted children, and then reuniting them with their families. He's been boots on the ground, actively searching, going wherever the trail leads. He's committed to going deeper, and I'll play that conversation for you right now. I'm so glad to have met Mark Miller on MySpace. I believe that when we ask him to, God orders our steps. For Mark and I to have met at this particular time is, in my mind, it's a God thing. This is the Christmas season, and of course, children are a very big part of Christmas. And we recently started a new segment of LifeSpring called "Going Deeper." And I think you'll see in just a few minutes why I think these two topics merge amazingly in this man and in this topic. Mark, welcome to LifeSpring. Oh, Steve, thank you, and、uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, I appreciate your taking time this morning to talk to us. So, Mark,、um, first off, where are you? I'm with the American Association of Lost Children. I'm in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. It's about 50 miles、uh, southeast of Pittsburgh. So you're you're the founder of the American Association for Lost Children. What can you tell me about the AF?、Uh, what is it? AAFLC? Well, it was,、uh, I started that、um, years ago. Be actually 20 years this year. Wow. I、um, was at a point in my life. I graduated college, did a number of things, entrepreneurs. As a got my stockbroker's license, had a little convenience store. I was just unhappy. I just wanted to do something to help out others, and、um, there was something pulling on my heartstrings. And I wasn't、uh, saved at the time, but I was drawn to do something to to help the the community, the world, to do something better. And I didn't know what. I saw one of these. Have you seen me flyers? And of course, I never seen any of them children. And I ended up calling that, and I ended up seeing a few others from different organizations, and realized that they were resource centers. They just 
physically looks for nobody. They they just um, pass out flyers and hope that somebody sees them, and then they will call the authorities and relay information. But I thought, you know, they're not found that way. Maybe some can be, but I thought, you know, they, somebody needs to look for them. So I took it upon myself to start uh, looking into starting a charity and thought maybe hire investigators to go look for them. But then uh, shortly after that, the Lord saved me. I uh, Miraculously, <laughs> a whole turn of events, and I ended up, learning uh, investigative skills and learning from an individual that was, uh, he's 80-some now, he still helps us on cases, different techniques of um, reading books and things to find uh, the abductors that have taken the missing children. And, and since then, this is uh, 20 years later, there's 100 and, oh, I don't know, I lost count, but there's over 120-some missing children that's uh, that's been found. Wow, found by your organization. Yes, that is that's that's amazing. That's incredible. That's that's a wonderful miracle. Uh, uh, well, thanks. See, we do. See, what we do is the hands-on investigations. Like we don't distribute the flyers and pictures on milk cartons. We uh, and I'll be light at saying some of this, but take people's garbage, befriending relatives, and a number of searches and things that we do. All the hands-on to lead us to where the abductor is, and then from there we call the authorities, and they arrest the abductor, and the child gets reunited with the family members. And we also have been in Germany. Twice I have been there, and the uh, recovered children, there was actually four different cases uh, uh, years ago, and then uh, in Lebanon, which was another major miracle to get out of that country and rescue two children out of Lebanon, and then Mexico last year, and that was two children there, and that was another miracle. Wow. The one in Germany, they wrote a book. Uh, the lady wrote the book that got her children back. It's thousandsoftears.com, and, and then, of course, we're in about a third of the book because she explains how she contacted us through a Christian radio station, and just like somebody would be listening here and want to uh, get a hold of us, that's what she did, Talked to, and I talked to her, and then seven, eight months later, went to Germany and got her child back. So in most cases, then, it's a parent that contacts you, not the other way around. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've lost my child, can you help? Yes, basically... Uh, the, there's like three different breakdowns of missing children. One is the stranger abduction, and and that's obviously uh, very sad because the majority, are, you know, turn up that they're dead or sacrifices into cults. It's it's very very sad, and uh, and that's a small number of the missing children. The next biggest group, or the biggest group, I should say, is uh, the runaways, and we don't deal with those. We had it first for the first year or two, but it seems like the runaways run away again, and they're old enough to know, but of course they're enticed by the wiles of the devil or whatever they get into. And then the next group is the uh, custody cases, where one of the parents takes the children, the non-custodial parent, and they have scound with the child, and usually there's a felony charge. That's when we get involved, FBI warrant. So these people do not want to be caught, and, and, and the, the video that's on our website is... Um, it plays some of the newscasts of the television shows that have followed us on cases, and, and you will see how the children have been abused in some way. And I'm not saying every child was physically or sexually abused, but all the children, they're the ones that suffer because the majority of them are told the other parent doesn't like them, they're dead, their names are changed, kept out of school, and some are physically beaten, and, and others have been sexually abused, and there's been a few cases that has been that way that we solved. So it's very, very sad, and the children suffer, and people think they're with their parent at times that they're okay, but when you see the results and what happens and why they take the child, this, the non-custodial parent, and run, they do it out of spite, and they just hatred and anger, and they want to get even with that other parent, and they're gone. Well, I would think that in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, there's a reason that that person is the non-custodial parent. There is, there's some sort of a problem there. Exactly, exactly. And, and things could get worked out in uh, 
amicable ways, but what happens is the parent just it's out of spite and because once they're caught in a number of cases that we that we solve that once the child is re- reunited with the searching parent, the abductor he uh they or he or she they won't it time goes by birthdays holidays after they're caught they will not keep in touch with the with that child yet they said they loved him so much so that proves the point that they just took him out of spite and they wanted to get even for some reason either I don't know, it's, but it happens that way over and over. So most of the cases that you've been on then, have they been the, the parental dispute type thing? or What's the breakdown? Yeah, well, all the cases that we take is one of the parents, or it could be a grandmother or uh, you know, a step-relative, you know, some relative, in-law, something that helps the abductor takes the child. But just an example, one child was taken, um, I think was missing eight years from Oklahoma. We had found them in Houston. That's actually on Inside Edition. It was uh, years ago she was sexually abused by her dad for eight years mm-hmm. so she didn't know any better you know she comes it's a, it's a sad situation and two little girls were taken missing for about two years it's also they're also on the video there was both of them were sexually abused it's it, i mean it's so so sad if we could get in our mind of how you know just the, the focus is that the children suffer no matter who takes them whether it is the parent sure. or not sure and that's what the and just recently this past june in Arkansas, it was a case the child was missing for about 14 months. It was an FBI warrant. Also, the FBI was searching for him for almost 10 months. And, of course, we had gotten involved, uh, I think, after the FBI had gotten involved. And it took us um, several months, and then we found him, tracked the, the abductor to a small, remote little area in Arkansas. And then we called the FBI to go you know, arrest the, the abductor. And again, she kept the boy out of school for a year, and she changed the boy's name made all these accusations against the father, and, and the lady has some kind of mental problems, I believe. But anyway, you, I'm just saying that's the whole scenario. Maybe there wasn't the sexual abuse there, and I'm not indicating everyone is, but you have that basic scenario that their child is told all kind of lies, uh, the child's name's changed, now they're confused, and they're kept out of school. So what value did it gain that child? But, you know, the child's behind a year in school, a year and a few months, and, and told these lies. What was it that led you to the child when the FBI had not been able to find the child? Well, I, God, I don't know. He, he, uses, he uses donkeys in the Bible <laughs> at times. You know, sure. I, I don't know. You know, they say you have an investigator license. I said no, and I said, it's just the heart and determination, and I don't know. I could cry because I, I take no credit on myself. I've been to Ar- On that case, I was to Kentucky two or three, maybe three times doing surveillance, and even in one of the holidays, I think it was whatever day it was, so, like, because I pick up and go and we get, you know, we run information, we get leads, talk to people, befriend family members. And then I had to pick up and go and sometime in June to um, Arkansas. And at that point, we uh, just, you know, followed the uh, one of the abductor's relative who was staying at a friend's house in Arkansas for uh, for a little season. And so then after, I think it was the third day, followed him over and over that finally, you know, we stayed persistent, and the Lord led us to follow them to go right where to where the doctor was, and that's what happened. So uh-huh. it just takes, and then we called the FBI, and they're, uh, of course, uh, ecstatic and help, you know, so thankful. And, and um, But, uh, you know, sometimes it, it, ta- it takes a lot of manpower, I mean, at times, and it takes a lot of persistence. You know, sometimes we can, you know, go on a case and, you know, do a little bit of stuff, and then you come out with empty results. But if you stay with it and just pray that God would guide us and, 
And, uh, you know, the door opens and there it is. Speaking of manpower, what kind of an organization do you have? I mean, do you have a staff of people or? Um... Yeah, we, there's just a few of us. We're looking to grow. What happened in Houston, we were, uh, there was a number of us there. We had grown and then it came to a season we downsized a little bit because we operate, and I'm not here to beg for money at all, so I hope everybody takes it that way that I'm not there. But we operate strictly on donations. We don't charge the parents anything. And when I usually get on the shows, I usually, you know, I'll be right up front with them that if anybody's out there that has a missing child that, that needs our assistance, then maybe there's not a felony charge, but we could help them work with their way to get, you know, maybe the felony charge or figure out a way to direct them which way we can help them or, or if we couldn't help them, you know, what other way to go so they can call us and our 800 number's on our website. But we get involved, you know, to help the, uh, on the shows to let people know that we're out there to, to help them. And, um, uh, our, so uh, and when we downsized in Houston, I moved up here. I had some health issues. Like I said, I, I wear all the raise. We raise the funds. We do the investigations and oversee the charity. And we just need other bodies that will physically help us. So I took time to take a sabbatical and moved up here to Pennsylvania, I think the later part of 2003, and then relaunched the charity back in 2005. And uh, basically was... Uh, uh, that's when the, Maria Nicholas wrote the book, and it came out sometime in 2005. So we were trying to restart it. So there's three of us here, and we sure need help. You know, we need people to either, you know, get public relations and uh, you know help out on cases. And this is the Times volunteers that will be willing to go on cases that we can go and befriend family members and and uh, things like that. Mm. You mentioned the felony thing. What's the relationship there? Why is a felony important in in these cases? What what happens first of all, a child that. Um, taken uh, against a divorce decree then it is a it becomes the child becomes gets the computers missing and then it be, it's a civil that becomes a criminal and at that point it's called a interference with child custody a third degree inter- felony charge interference with child custody kidnapping it, these different states call it differently and at that point then the police will get involved if they can find out they cross state lines or left out of the country then the FBI will get involved and there'll, there'll be also a an FBI warrant, and uh, that's when we get involved. So then at that point, once we know where they're at, then the police can go in and, um, you know, we tell them here they're at this address, then they can get a search warrant, verify the, the teletype uh, that there is a warrant, and, and go uh, arrest the abductor. If there's not a felony charge, the child could still be in the computer. That makes it a little difficult because then the police can actually go to the door, but they cannot make the person inside give that child back to the searching parent even though the child's in the computer is missing the searching parent has custody of the child they won't they can't go beyond that threshold or whatever and and even though they know the child's in there they can't go get the child wow strange that is i know most people don't know that (laughs) okay so that's why it has to be at a certain uh, legal point before you can get involved and and actually do any good right right now sometimes you have little um, towns that won't recognize they'll keep they'll tell the searching parent it's a civil and and they don't know any better. And I'm not trying to knock any law enforcement because we work with them. And I, you know, uh, hats off to all of them. And I just appreciate them working with me. But sometimes in the little towns they don't know. So we try to encourage them to call the state clearing houses and work with them to get that felony charge on the computer, and let them know that you know that the, the law it, it, it states that there would be a felony charge, and then uh, that will help them and mm. help us all the way around. Right. Okay. Well, let's back up a little bit to the beginning of this because sure. we, we, you know, we started almost from just a running start here on, on how sure. AAFLC got started. And um, you said that uh, it's twenty years old now. Uh, yes. It was started in nineteen eighty-seven, and you you had some level of success. It sounds like you had your uh, your degree, and uh, sounds like you were in business for yourself. 
Yes. But there was something missing. You wanted to contribute. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I can. Um, after I graduated college here in Pennsylvania, a uh, business management degree, I went to Texas. I was just trying to you know, get involved in sales or maybe be a stockbroker, you know, just different plans. But I got uh, started in sales. Uh, I think I first took a little restaurant job when I first come down there, like waitering, and then got involved with selling mobile homes. And, and then I ended up buying and selling used mobile homes, started my own little company, small little business, where you know, but the economy was going sour. And um, so then I got my stockbroker's license. I was, uh, that was in 84, I think it was, 8045. And I didn't do much trading because there was an opportunity to get a little convenience store, and I was going to try to buy a few of the convenience stores and then end up you know, getting involved in something like that and, and possibly starting my own little stockbroker's, like touting stocks and uh, newsletters and things like that. And something happened. I mean, after the convenience store, I just I was just... I had a void in my heart. I was just not happy, and I'm just. I need to do something with my life, and and uh, so after I sold this convenience store, I, that's when I shortly, uh, shortly after that, saw this flyer, and I'm thinking, Have you seen that thing? No, I never seen any of these kids. I was just compelled to call, and I called the company. I said, What do y'all do? And they said, Well, they put out flyers, resources, real physical. Look for them. They said, No. And then I noticed another one, and did the search, and found I don't know, there's a few of them or a number of them, and I asked them to send me literature. And as I read it, I'm thinking. No one's looking for him. Somebody should go look for him. Maybe I could start an organization that would actually actively go look, search for these children, maybe hire investigators, raise money, and do that. And I didn't know how to do any of that. But I was led to do that. And then shortly after that, I think it was a few months after, I had the idea and I started to form a, I didn't even know how, uh, a nonprofit organization, got with an attorney, and gradually was moving in that. I had a dream that I was going to go to hell, and I was so scared. Mm. And it happened twice that night, and my heart was scared because I knew I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. And, and uh, so I just start searching and start reading the Bible. And, and shortly after that, a lady, devil my age, came to me and asked if I was saved. And I said, saved? What's saved? And she was telling me about salvation. And, and I invited her, I think two, three days later, to her. And uh, I think I was 28 or 9 at the time. And she brought uh, ladies to the little, we had like this little office warehouse, you know, a thousand, no, I forget what it was, maybe thousand square feet or 800 square feet for like $150 we were renting, so we don't have much money and for the charity, and it was only, uh, you know, several months in the making. And and so she asked if I and they brought these ladies, and they were so excited, filled with joy at 70 years old, 69 years old. I'm thinking, they have more energy and excited, you know, about <laughs> eternal life and life than, than I do. And I'm thinking, I'm, I have this passion to find missing children. And, and I'm thinking, I'm missing something. So they invited me to some church, and I went with them and, sh- and then went to the altar. And, and uh, it was a slow change because I was stubborn in my ways at first, and God had to break down my pride. And, and little by little, then I had to sur- keep surrendering my life. And, uh, and uh, shortly after that, I went found this, uh, somebody was, was we're doing a fundraiser for the ch- charity selling M&Ms. I sold many of those for years in front of grocery stores, maybe Walmart's, not to give them a plug, but <laughs> and, and Houston, and, and we sold like 55,000 boxes and just all kind of stuff to raise the funds. And I was, and at the point, I had given up everything. And, uh, and credit cards went bad. My house uh, got foreclosed upon. I turned my car in, uh, the vehicle I was having. I went to the bank, said, so I can't make any more payments on it. So I was uh, homeless, <laughs> no car, but we had a renting a house at that point we moved to, to, to an office and i had a house that was an office like four hundred dollars a month and i'd sleep on the floor in one of the rooms it was a small little 
um, two-bedroom house, and I did that for about a year. And, mm. and little by little, was we kept doing the fundraising, finding more missing children. People heard about us and what's this nut doing? And then, uh, of course, I think it turned people off by like, hey, he was a Christian, you know, like something's got to be wrong with him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, that's that's how it all got started. But it was a it's a miracle one. Eventually, I went to a church, um, and I re- and I in the process, I was still trying to understand salvation from the religion that I was in. And understanding the scriptures, and then this one guy was doing a fundraiser. He uh, invited me to this small little church in Spring, Texas, and I went up there. And, and uh, I think it was the second, maybe the third service. I just started bawling, and I just cried. I couldn't stop crying. I was so, so it was happy tears, uh-huh. it was sad tears, and it was everything. And I just started surrendering. And I'm looking at everybody, people would be laughing at me at church, and I'm thinking, I can't, I can't stop crying. And it was just, it was such a cleansing, and I knew that. At that point was you know was the connection with the Lord and the salvation and of course it's a process all along because God points things out that He wants you know wants our hearts to be pure and I'm not saying we we're perfect at all but we're to strive to you know be more Christ-like in all our ways and and walk in humility and kindness and gentleness and and so many times I'll get things pointed out to me and, and uh, you know Lord forgive me and I want to be more, more humble and never walk in pride. Mm-hmm give you all the glory. So Amen. thanks for letting me share. No, absolutely. That's part of what LifeSpring is all about. We just started doing this this going deeper segment on the show. And uh, it's something that you've certainly done as you've gone deeper. You're, you were not satisfied with the status quo. You wanted something more. And uh, that's what God calls us to is a deeper relationship with him. You're putting your boots on the ground and in doing this, you've certainly have gone deeper. Let me ask you, during the time that Boy, you were just really, really struggling. And uh, after you had been saved, and you're still struggling with the the ministry here in terms of uh, donations and things, did you ever say, God, is this really what you want me to be doing? I, I think a number of times. I, there's a story, I think it was in 1990. Um, uh, that's what I'm trying to think of. We got Jackie, Jackie's children back. These two were, uh, not to be a... Uh, boasting about it, but they were the sexually abused children, too, these children. It was so sad. And Jackie had, uh, I think she had an investigator. She'd done a lot of things before she contacted me, and I, she was a, an abusive situation, too, and I just felt so bad for her. And so uh, we you know, t- took on her case, and I think I had gone to Arizona, New Mexico, Arkansas, and, uh, and we, we had the case for several months, and anyway, we got her children found, and somehow... Uh, Months later, so this is going on our fourth year, I guess, and third or fourth year now. And there was some award that one of the Sotoma Cubs was giving me, which was wonderful. But I was like, I'm not into the glory, and I'm not trying to knock for what they did because it was so wonderful. And they and they won some kind of award for Houston. And driving up to uh, Dallas, there was again you want there was another award to be given me from the Sotoma Club, and they had uh, some banquet up in Dallas and. And that chicken cordon blue, and I remember I was like I was having peanut butter and jelly for lunch and dinner for for day for a few days now, and they were having and and, and uh, Mike, the gentleman, uh, a friend of mine from Pennsylvania, had come down to help me and and uh, with the charity and uh, give up his heart to do the same thing, and so we drove up there and they're given some kind of award and and I'm crying, I'm listening to the song and it's the song says trust in the Lord with all your heart and. Don't lean on your understanding, because I'm thinking, I'm tired of this. I'm thinking, i got a college education. I've been doing this three years or four years, whatever the years was. And I said, you know, I could be doing so much more. And here, I have, what do I have to show for? 
And so they ended up giving me some kind of award. I couldn't, I was just crying. I couldn't even talk to the people. And I'd go to the bathroom before I, they were going to ask me to say something. And, and I'm bawling. I'm saying, Lord, I, how can I talk? I keep crying. And I said, I don't even want to say to the people. And I said, I'm just tired of everything. And God put on my heart to say that what I was hearing from the song. And I said, you know, it's been a struggle here. I said, I'm not sure, you know, uh, what God has for me. But I said, I know that uh, it's frustrating at times. And I said, I just thank you for the award. And I said, uh, I just think God's telling me and maybe all of us here to trust in him with all of our hearts. And I quoted Proverbs 3. And after the event, the people uh, come up and they had given some contributions. And I met with Jackie and I said, Jackie, I'm just really tired. And I said, uh, I just don't know. And I'm just feeling down on myself. And she said, she's a Christian. And she says, Mark, don't give up. She said, because if you do, I would never have got my children back. Mm. And what about all those other parents? And I start crying. I said, Jackie, don't tell me that because then I know I got to keep going on <laughs> and I can't turn back. And that's what happened. So there's been many struggles like that where I just, I just get frustrated and I come to the end of my roots when I come back up here a few years back in 2003 and I had uh, little health issues I and mean, nothing major. I think I had migraines, rosacea, fatigue, and and I just started to shut down for a little bit, and I started exercising, changing my lifestyle, eating, and seeking the Lord. And, and miraculously, the Lord had me to restart the charity again. It didn't end. It was just in a sabbatical state. And we launched it basically almost two years ago. And since then, God has blessed us again. We went to Mexico last year and got two Trinidad. And Mexico is very hard. I, it's not like the Middle East, but it definitely is not one to be overlooked. And I ended up getting two children back, and I knew that the Lord again, proved himself through me and didn't keep encouraging me. So, you know, then different people were put on a path when we get down to know that he wants us to get to the end of ourselves and stay there. Don't rise up with pride. You know, we have to lean on him. And so little by little, that's what happens. And so I'm here. <laughs> wow. What a story. What a story. Thank you for sharing that and just opening oh, your heart. Oh, thanks for letting me tell that. Well, you know, people need to hear that. There's so many people, um, Christians, you know, put the the face on that everything is okay. You know, God is good all the time. And it's true, God is good all the time. But that doesn't mean that things always go well for us in our flesh. I mean, sometimes, man, it is hard to do what God has called us to do. And a lot of people, um, especially in churches, they'll start, let's say, teaching a Sunday school class, and it gets a little tough, and they think, well, you know, maybe God didn't call me to do this, and they quit before they get the blessing. Right, exactly, exactly. And I think that's how it is with uh, with everything, too, even, you know, even work, relationships, different things, that sometimes, you know, we could, uh, we throw in the towel, because in that midst of that, he's trying to teach us something, and I know... I was ready to throw in a towel, you know, a few times. That's probably more than a few. And and then uh, I just continued to wait and then cry out. And, and I'll cry. I mean, I cry tears and I bawl and actually just talk out loud in the office to the Lord. Like, <laughs> he's right there. And God, I'm just, you know, I don't know. And then uh, all of a sudden there's like a peace that comes. And then something right around the corner happens. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, you just know you're on the right path. And the Lord's trying to show you through people. And brings the peace in your heart and but all and through that I think he's trying to show things in our heart too that he he wants to build character in us he wants us to really to be strong in him and to uh, when the pressures come to constantly let go of yourself and I think through these he's trying to point things out to us in our hearts and and that's it now sometimes there is not to confuse us because sometimes there is a door shutting that he doesn't want you to go through and there's a that's a whole nother ball game 
on uh, different issues and different situations. But for the lot, lot of part, there's, it's, the cloud is there for us to keep pressing through. Like the lady in Luke 18, she kept coming to the unjust judge. Jesus has given us that example. And he says, how much more? Well, she could have kept coming for weeks and days and months, and he, she didn't get the answer. And he says, how about, how about our Heavenly Father? And that's, so we'll keep coming and coming, so we've got to keep coming and never stop. That's the process. Well, Mark, thank you so much for oh, spending Steve, time today. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a blessing, really. <laughs> well, it's, it's been a, a, just a real joy and a privilege to talk to you. Can you tell us, what can we do to help? Anybody here in this that knows somebody or has a missing child or knows somebody that has a missing child, they can please call us. Uh, call me. I'd be glad to talk to them and try to minister to them along the way also. That's, that's what we do here. If they want to get involved and help on cases at times, sometimes we'll need different people that are willing to be able to go and meet a couple family members without them knowing who we are, befriend them if they have that kind of a schedule. Uh, there's a couple little things. If anybody has vending out, you know, vending boxes, honor boxes, vending machines, we have these little stickers that go on them, and they could use us as a sponsor for uh, the vending machines, and uh, then they contribute a little bit each month. So if you have any vending machines or know somebody they want to use us for a charity, we're, we welcome that because... That's a, a small way we get contributions in, but it's a blessing. And then there's a good search if they people have on the Internet instead of going through Google or other search engines, if you go through good search and put our charity's name in there, then uh, they give us a penny a search every time you search on that. I mean, these are just small ways of little bitty stuff. Or just call for encouragement, like just being on this show is also a, you wouldn't know, Steve, but it, it's encouragement to me because then I relive and to think of how I got started and just, back to encouraging me that somebody's interested in hearing something about the charity and it helps me too so it's a blessing to be on here well can you tell everybody your url for your website yeah it's the www of course and it's simple it's aaflc.org okay so that stands for american association for lost children the 800 number is simple it's 1-800-375-LOVE is the last four digits l-o-v-e but it's 1-800-375-5683 which comes out to love Okay. Now, I will have all those links on our show notes page so that uh, people don't necessarily have to remember that. If they're driving right now, they can exactly. go to the show notes page, and they'll have all the links there. But I for sure wanted you to mention the thing about the uh, the good search because uh, – you know, most of my audience are very internet savvy. I mean, that's how they do, you know, get the podcast is they know about the internet. And guys, sure. instead of using Google, uh, use Good Search. It's uh, powered by Yahoo, I believe, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so you're going to get some good results there. Golly, a penny a search, that can add uh, up. It does. <laughs> it does, a little at a time. So that's something concrete, guys, that you can do, you know, beginning right now. What about just plain old cash donations? Uh, we welcome all donations. Like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to beg for my. We operate on donations, obviously. You don't charge the parents anything, so we welcome all that. We have a we're a Section 501c3, so Good. and you could be writing it off on your taxes, just like any other charity. So, if you want to help that way? Appreciate it. Anything's appreciated. Excellent. Now, do you have a, a PayPal uh, link on your website for? Yes. Yes, okay. we do. So it's all there, guys. Um, here's something you can do. What a marvelous thing to do for the Christmas season. You can help out a wonderful charity. I think you can hear Mark's heart. I mean, he he's the genuine article. He loves God. He is doing something. He's gone deeper. He's helping children. He's he's doing a good thing, and he's been doing it for 20 years. And this is a ministry that certainly deserves our, our support. And what a, what a wonderful Christmas gift to be able to uh, do something like this. So again, Mark, thank you so much. May God bless you richly. And um, I'd like to invite you back on the show sometime in the future to uh, oh, kind of let I, everybody know that. what's going on uh, down the road. 
That would be a blessing, and I'd love that. And Steve, bless you for uh, having me on the show because you don't know it's all encouraging to me along the path. So thanks well, that's for that. Good. All right, and God bless you. God bless you. Have a great day. So there you have it. Quite a guy, huh? Listen, I don't often ask you to make a donation to a cause, but guys, this one is a great one and one that I really would like you to get behind. At the very minimum, make Good Search your default search portal. Um, There's a field at goodsearch.com when you go there that's labeled, Who Do You Search For? Just enter AAFLC there, and for every search you do, Good Search donates a penny. With all the people who listen to this show, we could really make a difference. I know I do dozens of searches a day. You probably do too. Well, I've made this my default search engine on all my computers. You can add Good Search to your IE, Firefox, or Safari toolbar. So now, on whichever computer I'm at, I don't even have to think about remembering to use it. It's just the default, almost effortless. If you want to do more, I'll have the link information on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. This is really a great time to give a special gift to Mark and this very worthy work. Now, one more thing, if I may. As I said, it's really rare that I ask you to make a donation to anything or anyone, but today there are two causes. I know, I know, if if you're anything like me, money can be really tight in December. Uh, If it's asking too much, then this isn't for you, and that's okay. I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel bad about not being able to give. That's okay. But I happen to know that some of you might be able to afford just a bit more. Uh, You might be a little bit more comfortable, financially speaking. And if that's you, then I would like you also to consider supporting both of these causes. And I'm not prioritizing. I believe in both of them. Both are deserving of our support. If you can only do one, that's okay. I would just ask you to pray about which one God wants you to be involved with. So what's the other cause? Well, many of you know who Carmen Tyler is. I've played her music many times on the show. She's a wonderful singer. But more than that, I've come to know Carmen as a friend. Last year, she recorded a beautiful rendition of Silent Night for the Christmas show that I did with my friend James Cooper, and she led our praise and worship time at the Podcast Expo um, worship service this year. She's even been to my house with her mother, Sue, and it's looking like she's probably going to be joining Leanne and I here at the house on New Year's Eve. So she's, she's a friend, and she's one of the nicest people that you'd ever want to meet. And I believe that part of the reason for that is that her mom and dad are quality people, and they are a quality family. Well, on November 27th, Carmen's sister Diane and her two daughters suffered a terrible tragedy. While they were away from their home, a fire started that eventually engulfed the entire structure. They lost everything, including two cars. Imagine how you would feel. Just devastated, shocked, emotions all over the board. And all this with Christmas less than a month away. It would be so kind of you if you could help Carmen's sister Diane and her daughters to have a better Christmas than they might otherwise have had this year. Now, having recently had some dealings with the insurance industry myself, with the theft of all my work tools, I know that even if you're insured, they don't cover everything. I'm sure that every extra penny that Diane has right now is having to go for basic living expenses and then making up the difference for what the insurance company won't cover. I'm sure there won't be much extra for Christmas. That's where we can help. Carmen has put up a link on her website, carmencast.net, that will allow you to make a donation to Diane and her girls. I'll also put the link at lifespringmedia.com as well. Any amount will help. So remember, Jesus said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus asks you this, Who do you say that I am? 
Life Springs about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. Hey, if you haven't checked out the LifeSpring Why Christmas show, why not? I think you'll like it. Just go to LifespringMedia.com or LifespringWhyChristmas.com. That's the one I do with James Cooper of the UK, and we have a lot of fun doing it. I think you'll enjoy the show. Check it out, LifespringWhyChristmas.com. Until next time, I'm Steve Webb. God bless you. Music on the show today was Coppermine with Child. It can be found at the Podsafe Music Network. LifeSpring Media, bringing you quality Christian and family entertainment since 2004. Brought to you in part by InTouchProductions.com. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show, and limelight.